Do some of the finer details about your job and maybe your personal life escape you from time to time? And are there just some things that you seem to continually overlook? Like you're frustrated mostly because you're not able to get everything right. And especially when it comes to simple things, you are frustrated. It could be that what's affecting you is really a lack of attention to detail. It's not that you want to overlook things. It's probably that the details just slip your mind at the moment. Well, the great news is that it's possible to increase your attention to detail so not as many things slip your mind at those most inopportune times. That's, folks, what we're going to talk about today on the Do More podcast. So join me as we look at some simple ways to ensure greater attention to detail. Well, welcome back to this episode of the Do More podcast. I'm Ben Ribble from benribble.com coaching, where we focus on three fundamental and foundational pillars of leadership. And those are leadership, productivity, and organization. And one of the things that really ties a lot of people up is that that organization and really paying attention to details, those, those fine details that really tend to trip us all up. So today we're really focusing on four simple strategies for, in, for ensuring greater attention to detail. And now there are a lot more strategies. There are a lot of things out there, but I wanted to keep it simple. Um, you know, the, the, the kiss mentality or, or um, uh, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Um, that's really kind of the way I look at, look at life. You know, it has to be simple for me to remember it. And I'm trying to ho- help you with that same kind of a concept there. So these four simple strategies to help you um, pay greater attention to those little details. Number one, and this is so obvious that anybody and everybody should be doing this. Um, so many times, this is where I start when I'm when I'm um, planning a project or or even starting my day. I sit down every day with my planner and I start with my big three. What are the big three things that I want to check off? And then I add any other um, items to my checklist. So you figured it out. Number one is start with a checklist. And it's perhaps one of the easiest ways to really ensure that all of the details, everything that you need to accomplish, everything that you need to remember is captured. And if it's in that checklist, then you've got it ready when you begin the task. So you can just begin checking one thing off after another. And then once you're done making your checklist, go back and reread it and make sure that you didn't miss anything. So it's kind of a check and double check type of thing. And that'll help make sure that before you even begin, that you haven't missed anything, right? And in some cases, you can make a handwritten list. Some cases you can, um, you can, and I don't recommend this very often, but you can commit it to memory. You know, if it's a short, I would say three to five items or less, you can use your smartphone to make a list. Um, I love Google's um, checklist or task list that they have inside all of their their apps, like uh, especially Calendar um, or Gmail. You can find a, a little um, uh, checklist on the right side uh, of those uh, web-based um, applications. So those are where I 
kind of make my brain dump. And then I move those into my daily checklist. So if it's, I mean, if it's something, something silly, like, or, or simple, I should say, like you keep forgetting which days, um, your daughter has after school practice or, um, your son has, um, you know, has uh, guitar lessons or something like that, then you might want to create maybe a, a weekly calendar or a, a something like that that you can post in a, in a highly visible location, um, as a form of a checklist, right? You, you look at that every day. Okay. These are the things that I have to accomplish today. And then you move on and you can actually add those things into each day's daily checklist. If you write it down and make a, make a task list for each day as well. So really it's all about making that list, looking it over, reviewing it, coming back to it every time you finish a task and say, what's next? What do I have left to accomplish? Or even just to review to make sure that you have accomplished everything that you needed to um, for each task or subtask. Now, one thing I will caution you with on that, you heard me say that I choose um, my big three. I have three main things that I need to get done each day. And those are my priority items. I make sure that they are at the top of my list. Those I call those my big three. Um, I, I got that from uh, Michael Hyatt and Company, who um, who created the Full Focus Planner, which I just absolutely love. A little plug for that right here. Um, it starts out with your daily three. Uh, your big three. And so you start with those. Those are the things you absolutely intend to accomplish today. And then there's a ta- there's a, a checklist underneath that that you can fill in any other items. Um, those don't take priority. You do want to do those. Maybe once you get done with your big three, then you come back to those. All right. So that's enough with the um, checklist for right now. So let's move on to number two. And this one may sound silly when I first say it, but put yourself in the other person's shoes. Okay, so let's say that you have a a new project going on at work and you feel like you have a pretty good handle on what's required. Um, But then you come to the end of it and your boss points out several things, four or five things that you've now overlooked. How do you prevent something like that from happening again? How do you keep your boss happy or whoever else happy? Well, you put yourself in the other person's shoes. You have to think of the project from your boss's point of view or from his his or her perspective. If you were your boss, what would you be looking for, right? Sometimes with my son, um, who is is fifteen years old, and you know, boys at fifteen years old um, tend to not be extremely. Um, let's see, good at cleaning. I guess is the best way to say that. And so when I ask him to clean something. Maybe it's his room. I ask him to clean up his room and he'll come out and he'll say, okay, dad, I'm done. And I will look at him and I will say, now, is it done to my standard or is it done to your standard? What I'm asking him to do right there is to put himself in my shoes and say, okay, what expectations does dad have? And that's the same thing I'm asking you to do here is put yourself in the other person's shoes and say, okay, what standards or what expectations does this other person have? You have to look at your work objectively, you know, walk away from it for a little bit and then look at it with a truly unbiased perspective of what you've done and consider whether you've accomplished the goal from your perspective and from the other person's perspective. Um, 
And maybe you need to devise a visual way of organizing future projects. So for example, let's say you could use a bulletin board and post-it notes to identify each step of the project so that there's no detail bypassed, right? And when you use a visual organizational chart or you use a checklist even that you can, um, you know, you can collaborate with the other person, then that makes this part even easier, right? So back to my son's example, if I made a specific checklist of things that he needed to do to clean his room, then there would be no question as to whether or not he accomplished it to my standards or to his standards, right? So that's something to think about depending on which position you're in. If you are the person that is is doing the task or completing the task, um, you know, ask yourself, what would the other person do? If you are the leader or the person asking someone else to do the task, put yourself in their position and say, okay, what supports do I need to give him or her to make sure that they accomplish this task to my standards, to my expectations? Because if you don't, then the onus is on you as the leader for not clearly stating the goals that you expect this person to accomplish. Okay, so keep that in mind. All right, let's move on to number three. Use a mnemonic device to remember certain details. <laughs> okay, and this may sound silly, um, but there is definitely a psychological um, uh, benefit to doing this. Using a mnemonic device is a great way to learn, to remember, and to retain information. Sometimes people will make up a word or a silly phrase or a short poem so that their brain remembers some piece of information. And one common mnemonic device um, used to memorize North America's Great Lakes, for example, is HOMES, the word HOMES, H-O-M-E-S, right? And this is just as an example. Of course, you know, you're not necessarily going to need this particular mnemonic device, but you could make something up similar to this, especially if it's a repetitive task, something that you do often in your office or on your team. Make a mnemonic device to help everyone remember so it, it can be committed to the mind and not necessarily have to be on uh, on paper or hung up somewhere or a checklist, right? Make a mnemonic device. So in, in this example, the first letter of each of the lakes of the Great Lakes is Homes, H-O-M-E-S. So Lake Hur Huron, Lake Ontario, Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, and Lake Superior, H-O-M-E-S. Right? Use that as an example um, and create your own mnemonic device. And maybe you don't make a word out of it, like this one makes the word Homes, Maybe you make a, a funny saying or, um, um, you know, something of, of that nature. You know, another mnemonic device that we use um, growing up is to remember the order of our cardinal directions, north, north, east, south, and west. We say all kinds of different things. And, you know, for example, um, when I grew up, it was never eat shredded wheat. I've heard never eat soggy waffles. There's all kinds of different things that you can say, but either way... You make this funny um, little phrase that helps you remember these certain things. And this could be like, you know, maybe it's tasks within, um, you know, your closing procedures for the day or something like that. Make a mnemonic device. And when you can use effective memory strategies like a mnemonic device, it can be a huge help in remembering details about your personal life as well. Um, or details in your personal life, not about your personal life. Hopefully those are... Um, 
<laughs> fairly well uh, burned into your memory. But if you have difficulty remembering, uh, I don't know, for example, your best friend, whether your best friend likes chocolate or strawberry ice cream, you could make up a funny sentence with your friend's name and add the flavor that they love. Um, so here's here's just kind of a random example. Let's say Sarah really loves strawberry ice cream. And in this case, Sarah and strawberry both start with the letter S. So you can make that correlation. Sarah loves strawberry, right? Um, that uh, alliteration there, the S's, um, makes it easier to remember. All right, so using mnemonic devices is, is another way to help remember the details. Number four, number four, commit tasks to conscious memory. For some of the more routine responsibilities that you have in your life, it's it's really a good idea to reaffirm their importance to you by taking the time to drill them into your consciousness. Um, you know, and that that can be difficult for some people. Now, some people um, remembering things is super easy for them, but for me, I have a hard time with conscious memory. So, mnemonic devices usually work better for me. But for some people, this is this is fairly easy for them to do, is commit tasks to conscious memory. And a lot of times, the key to committing tasks or committing things to conscious memory is repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Take the time to drill them into your consciousness because then it's easier to recall them. And uh, and that will really help you, um, you know, remembering these, these uh, common routine responsibilities or tasks. Um, sometimes, you know, for example, it's, it's, it's as simple as getting ready for work in the morning. Um, you know, there are certain steps that you have to do, things that are important. Um, you know, it, maybe it's you're applying face moisturizer and then deodorant, and then you have to, um, pour your coffee and then get your vitamins and things like that. Um, when you create a routine, it's much easier to remember the things within the routine and you just, you have to remember oh, I need to start my routine. So um, for me, I start my morning routine. And my morning routine is get up, I shower, I shave, I use the restroom. Um, you know, And there's a very, very specific order in which I do things. And if I don't do them in the right order, <laughs> I mean, oftentimes I forget a step. And that's never good. It's never good to forget a step. All right. Now, let's say it's something uh, something a little bit different that doesn't happen quite as often. Let's say you're preparing a speech to promote some new products that your your company has or something like that. Um, and it, you really need to think through what does your audience need to hear? And then you need to really make sure that you believe in the products um, and then reaffirm their importance so it's easier to sell your conviction, right? Commit those things to memory and make sure that you feel your belief in the products because that's going to help you... Um, help you commit those tasks and that kind of stuff to, to memory um, when you really feel the benefits. D does that make sense? You need to make sure that on a deeper level, you understand what you're talking about. It's not just regurgitating information that you've read, right? That's going to help you. Um, it's really going to help you remember that information. All right. So... Those four, those four simple strategies, let's just kind of review again. Start with a checklist. Number one, start with a checklist. Checklist, checklist, checklist. It's number one for a reason, friends. Checklists are super important. I'm going to preach checklists until the day I die. My mother was a checklist fanatic. She had a checklist everywhere she went, and that has kind of rubbed off, rubbed off on me. 
Number two, put yourself in another person's shoes. Remember to look at the other person's perspective, whether the other person is the person doing the tasks or the other person is the person, um, let's say, that is the leader or the manager or the boss or whoever is asking for the task to be done. Put yourself in the other person's position and say, is my perspective of what has been completed match their perspective? Number three, use a mnemonic device or a memory device to remember the details. And number four, commit tasks to your conscious memory. And remember one of the things that you can do with creating uh, or excuse me, committing tasks to conscious memory is repetition and then connecting them to your emotions. Now, learning how to pay attention to detail is definitely an ongoing exercise. It is definitely like everything else in leadership where you have to learn. You have to practice to get better. And even for detail-oriented people, paying attention to those specific details is uh, is a tough task sometimes, right? Every time you start something new, every time you start something else, you're responsible for focusing on what's important. And then you need to ensure that those details are remembered as well. So it's ongoing forever. So after you get in the habit of practicing these four techniques, you're going to find that you're more successful at remembering details. And everyone around you will feel more comfortable relying on you to get things done. Wouldn't that be a great feeling? Now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this podcast episode. Today, I have a great freebie for you. I'm offering you a chance to download my ebook for free titled Communicating Like a Leader, Skills for Effective Leadership. And this is all about um, how you can effectively communicate and how that communication can affect your leadership. And it's not always about what you say, but really more about how you say it. So make sure that you download my new ebook, Communicating Like a Leader, Skills for Effective Leadership. You can find the link um, in the description uh, of this podcast, or you can simply go to my website, benribble.com slash communicate. And that's B-E-N-R-I-B-B-L-E.com slash communicate to download this great resource. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me today. And as always, remember to make today a great day. 